I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. This episode of the Burned In Teacher Podcast is brought to you by Blinkist, my personal favorite way to listen to books in short blinks. Hear me out here. It really truly is more knowledge in less time. It's perfect for curious people like me who love to learn and busy people like me who don't have time to read. And even people who aren't into reading also like me. Blinkist offers a way for busy people, not just professionals, to understand books and podcasts in 15 minutes or less. You can read or listen to books. You can find your next read based on your interests. You can even take advantage of new shortcasts. So Blinkist has teamed up with podcast creators to bring you key insights from podcasts. So if you want to be more knowledgeable, more successful, healthier, a better parent, happier, or be your best self, Blinkist is perfect. 95% of Blinkist members read significantly more than before. 91% of Blinkist members create better habits, and 87% of Blinkist users have made positive changes in their lives thanks to Blinkist. And you know, that's what I'm all about. And if you are a Burned In Teacher Podcast listener, you can get a seven-day free trial of Blinkist. And trust me, when you begin, you will never read books the same again. So go to bit.ly slash B-I-T blink seven. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash B-I-T B-L-I-N-K seven to get seven days free of Blinkist. My favorite way to learn so I can take action and take my next best step. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence, as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Now let's get started. Welcome. 
Well, hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 126 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. I'm recording again from my classroom, and uh, it's become my favorite place to record because I feel like my authentic teacher self in here. And plus, the sound quality is pretty good too. So (laughs) uh, if you are listening to this episode on the day that it is releasing, it is the last day of January, January 31st, 2022. Can you believe it? Today during calendar with my kindergartners, we actually counted down to see how many days we had left of kindergarten. And we in my district, we have 72 days left and I just cannot believe it. There have been so many ups and a few downs, you know, a few challenges this year. But overall, it has just been such a joy to become a kindergarten teacher. And I never thought that I would say that. (laughs) Kindergarten was always one of those grade levels that I was like, no way, not ever. You couldn't pay me enough, and I have just fallen in love with it. And with that being said, I can attribute the feelings of success that I'm having in my kindergarten classroom to the support systems that I have in place, both here in my building, you know, with teachers right next door to me, and the support that I have found on social media with teachers who I have just become really great friends with. And that's who you're going to hear on the podcast today are a couple of my Instagram BFFs. We talk almost daily on Marco Polo and they've been a support system through some challenging things that, you know, are out of my control and some that are within my control. And they helped to listen and show me empathy and to offer offer me strategy whenever I needed it. Um, So we're going to get into this conversation here in just a second with my friends Molly Wheatley and Alexis Shepard. But before we jump into that conversation, I want to offer a huge congratulations to Lauren Simpson. She is the most recent recipient of the Bailey and Wood Burned In Teacher Award. And she has been part of the Burned In Teacher Mastermind now for the last couple of months. And we have been so happy to be a support system for her. That's what the Burned In Teacher Mastermind is all about. So with this award, she gained free access into the Mastermind, free access to the Burned In Teacher Tribe Facebook community, Burned In Teacher University, which goes in depth into the Burned In process and the group coaching calls. And if you would like to be a recipient of this award, all you have to do is go to burnedinteacher.com slash nominate. You can nominate yourself or a teacher friend who you feel deserves and needs the support of a community of educators who will embrace the suck. We will help you through these challenging times, but we will also be there to celebrate your wins all while offering you a repeatable process that is the burned-in process to help you to process your burnout, grow through it, and to get the help that you need. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash nominate. We will be choosing a new winner of this award in just a couple of weeks. In the month of February, we will be awarding our winter 2022 recipient of the Bailey and Wood Burned-in Teacher Award. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash nominate to nominate yourself or another teacher who deserves to be applauded and rewarded for their efforts and to get the support that they need to process their burnout so we don't lose amazing teachers who love this profession. 
So it's time now to transition into my live conversation that Alexis, Molly, and I recorded live on Facebook on the Burned In Teacher Facebook page. So if you want to watch us have this conversation, feel free to go to facebook.com slash burnedinteacher and you will see us chatting live and having the conversation that we just felt so deeply needed to be had outside of the Marco Polo space. So... If you have been feeling the weight of the negativity on social media, but you also see its value in your life, this is definitely for you. We're going to talk about how to move past negativity on Teachergram. Let's dive in. So hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We are going to be talking today about how to, well, we're going to be talking positively about the negativity that we have been seeing on Teachergram specifically, but really all forms of social media. Um, I'm Amber Harper, if we've never met before, and these are my friends, Molly and Alexis, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves here in just a second, but we talk almost every day on Marco Polo. We've never met in person, but the reason that we're so passionate about this topic is because we have seen the positive effects that social media can have on our mental health by meeting other people who help us through challenging times and empower us to take action in our own lives, um, not just as educators, but in our lives outside of that. So without uh, further ado, I'm going to allow, you know, Molly, Alexis, go ahead and uh, take the stage and tell us a little bit about you and where you are in the world, and we'll get this conversation started. I love, Amber, how you mentioned that we've had this positive effect on ourselves with social media, because that's how I met you both, and I feel like you guys are best friends, even though we've never met in person, so my hope is today that people take away the energy that we found with each other and can find their people on social media. Um, but like Amber said, I'm Molly Wheatley and I help teachers start their own tutoring business so that they can earn extra money every month like I do. And it's my goal to help teachers just empower them to use skills they already have that they're using in the classroom. Oh, you're muted. We can't hear you, Alexis. What about now? Yes, go okay. for it. Hi everyone, I'm Alexis Shepard um, at The Afro Educator. If you have been a part of Amber's community for a while, y'all are probably sick of me because you have seen me a few times. Um, Molly said it best, I consider these two ladies like best friends. We talk every single day and we talk about all things from teacher stuff to non-teacher stuff. And um, on my platform, I'm really mostly concerned with teacher wellness and empowering teachers to live authentically both in and out of the classroom because I deserve, I deserve, <laughs> I believe that you guys deserve to live um, richly both in and out of the classroom. And so um, like Molly and Amber have both sort of reiterated, our hope today is to be able to empower you to live authentically by sort of um, setting up boundaries around what kind of stuff you consume on social media, especially as it concerns, you know, the negativity that sometimes does exist in these spaces. And I think all of us have been very um, sort of fortunate in that we have these really awesome, like amazing supportive communities. We found each other. And so we hope to be able to give you guys that as well. Wonderfully, wonderfully said. And I want to be clear too, Molly and I and Alexis, we were chatting kind of a little bit um, off screen here about, you know, well, why are we talking about Teachergram on 
Facebook. <laughs> the reason is pretty simple. I want to turn this into a podcast episode. So I'm recording through Zoom. And um, this was a great place for me to, you know, for us to offer this conversation out on social media. So you can voice your, your thoughts and your experiences with this, but also be able to record this so that I can, um, put it in the ears of people who want to listen to it later. So if you are watching, feel free to comment, say hello, um, share your own experiences, ask questions, and we will definitely, um, for example, hi, Jessica, we're so glad you're here today. Uh, so let us know, you know, what you're thinking and, and what has worked for you when it comes to moving through this negativity and protecting your mental health um, and your social and emotional health as well as you use social media for the benefits that it can offer you, not just as a teacher, but, you know, in, in life outside of that as well. So, and we also want to be really clear, like we're not here to call anybody out. We're not going to name names. We're not going to name specific things that we have noticed, but, but what we want what, what our goal is for, for this talk uh, between us three and, and you as well, if, if you join the conversation, is to help us to be proactive about how we move forward through what we see and decide what is best for us in, in this space and what is helping us and why we're even on these platforms, et cetera. So both of you have had some really strong thoughts about things that we have seen and what it's kind of what it's reflecting about how teachers are feeling about the profession and about each other. And um, would either of you like to share what it is that you, you know, things that we have said in the, in the last couple of weeks? Um, I'll go ahead and start unless Molly, if you want to start. No, go ahead. I'm just muting in case my dog barks. So. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so yeah, one of the things that has been abundantly clear over the last, really the last couple of years, right? Like during this time that we've um, sort of been talking about pandemic teaching and what classrooms look like in the COVID era um, is just that teaching already was really, really hard. And so it's become exacerbated by the pandemic and where we had this like ocean of grace in 2020 kind of dried up, not even kind of, it dried up for a, a lot of people in 2021. And I heard a lot of people say, and even you know, in my time um, in the classroom, 2021 was harder than 2020 because um, the expectation of normalcy was there, but all of the like not normal circumstances were still in place. And so I think that that sort of compounded all of the hardships that already existed. And we know that our profession like is in desperate need of, of change. Um, we know that the mental health of teachers is suffering. We know that teacher wellness um, you know, is a thing, but there's also, and there goes my dog barking, um, but there's also um, just this desire to figure out like, what can we do and how can we fix it? And what's been awesome is that we've seen a lot of teachers move into the space of wanting to help other teachers with wellness and help other teachers with their mental and emotional well-being. But what I've also started to notice that has been like icky has been that there seems to sort of be this kind of like separation of like factions of teachers where we're beginning to blame and um, sort of turn inward on each other when it comes to who's not doing enough, who's not doing the right things to, you know, really be supportive and create change where we need it. It's like the frustration is at this head and we need 
we, I mean, we deserve, but we also really want this like immediate action to take place. And because it's not coming from the top down, because for so many, it's not coming from the leadership, it's like it's starting to blow up on each other. And that's where I'm seeing a lot of the negativity coming from. And that's really where I kind of hopped into our personal conversations on Marco Polo and started wanting to pick you guys' brains about how you felt about some of um, those types of situations that were happening. So that's kind of just like the background and me just really feeling like, I don't think that us turning on one another is the answer either, because I know that we all have certain feelings and opinions about what true support looks like. And I think there's validity, you know, to all of that, but also I think there are boundaries too. And there are times when we have to step away and really assess if what we're doing is just naming things just to name them, or if we're naming things and then taking action to do something about it. I should have gone first because Alexis is like the best speaker ever. <laughs> she really is. I have to say, like, I echo everything she just said, and that's what drove our conversation is the fact that we were seeing so much negative energy, and we're, the three of us are all really positive people, but it was starting to even take a toll on people that are normally positive, and uh, something my mom always says that I really believe in is that positive gets positive and negative gets negative. And so if you're seeking out negative things, you're going to find it. Um, but we were all kind of finding that even though we were seeking the positive, we were coming across a lot of negative and it just, like I said, was taking a toll. And so our conversation started over on Marco Polo. And then we thought if we're all feeling this way, then other people must be feeling this way too. And I know for me, I use social media to meet other teachers, to make friends that way, to um, inspire people. And um, you will never see anything negative on my page just because that's not how I live my life. But we, we know there's certain accounts out there that just thrive on the negative. And when it's popping up in your feed and you're getting inundated with it on a daily basis, it starts to make you think, well, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe this is all bad. But um, I'm, my hope is today that people find solace in the fact that they're not alone and that um, there can be some positives that you find every day. And that's what we're looking for. I think the three of us. Yeah, 100%. And to add on to everything that both of you have said, because you're both right, in my opinion, um, it, it would be so easy. Like you can literally Google the answer to anything you can, you know, so Google, how do you deal with negativity on social media? You know, you're going to see all kinds of things pop up. Right. And of course you might also say, well, just unfollow them. Sometimes it's not always that easy. And I am of the belief though, that there are some, there are some practices that you can't, some reflective practices that you can use to decide how you, how you truly feel and what is causing you to feel the things that you're feeling. Um, but for me, what, what you two are saying goes right along with my belief that, you know, you have to check your circle. And I think one thing that, you know, is helpful for me when I see this negativity and I decide, you know, whether I'm going to spend my time and energy on it is to think like, well, are they in my circle or are they just, you know, are they, are they just stating how they feel about a current situation? I think this is also a really good place for us to start to talk about the ways that, that we have decided to, to move through it ourselves, because 
my number one biggest reason for being on social media is just like what you said, Molly, is to find teachers who also have the same, you know, uh, belief structures that I do when it comes to how to move through the challenges that we are faced with in education. Like I need all the help I can get. And I want, I'm not afraid to ask questions and I'm not afraid to meet new people. And for me, the more the merrier, like we're in this together and we're better together. And so therefore, you know, when I follow people, it's because they have done or said something that I'm just like, yeah, yes, girl. Or yes, teacher, you got this. Like, I, I want to hear more from you. And then there have been some things then that are posted that I'm like, wait, what? Like that, that really surprises me. And I've had to kind of reflect on, is this, you know, is this matching my teacher brand? And both of you know that I'm really big on your teacher brand and who was in your circle and who, who you, um, hear, you know, what you allow to, to, to come into your space. And how that reflects you and your beliefs and, and what you want to experience in your teaching life. Um, so I, you know, is there anything else that you'd like to add as far as, you know, what we have seen, or would you to like to move on to what it is that we have done in our lives to, to move through this and to use social media in a, in a positive way, um, to help to empower us. Um, I think the, the only other thing that I'd want to add, Amber, is that, um, more and more, I'm starting to see where there are certain beliefs about what people feel is most appropriate when it comes to how you move and how you operate in the teacher space. So being that I am, you know, a newly former teacher, right? Like I'm no longer in the classroom. I'm no, long, no longer teaching. I've talked to you guys very openly about how I've struggled identity wise to um, not necessarily remain in the teacher space because y'all know, like anybody that knows me knows that I am so passionate about teachers and about education and about empowering educators because of my own experience, but being out of the class, right? There is this like sense of, um, I don't even want to call it guilt, but th there's something around that because I feel like there is an expectation that you can only show up a certain way on teachergram or on um, you know, teacher spaces on teacher spaces on social media, if you have certain credentials, one of those being, you know, being in the classroom. And I get that. Like you want to hear from people that you can relate to. You want to hear from people that you can connect to. And the reality is, is that some people do move out of that space. We see that with our leaders sometimes move out of that classroom space and they quickly forget where it is that they came from. And we see that in the way that like they operate around us and the way that they treat us. Um, but I think that there are also those of us, and I'm in community with a lot of these people on um, social media who have chosen to leave the classroom where number one, it isn't really connected to some of the issues with the classroom, although we recognize those. And where number two, we still wanna be supportive and we still wanna be in the community. So I think when it comes to um, you know, dealing with the negativity on social media or in teachergram, like specifically in this niche, it's important to acknowledge that when we talk about dealing with negativity, that there is, that we're like rejecting the idea that like you absolutely have to show up in a certain way in order to be supportive or in order to play a role in the change that we really wanna see for the profession. I'm so glad you said that too, Alexis, because as you were talking, I was thinking about my dad being a retired teacher and I get some of the best advice about my classroom 
from him. And he's been retired since 2006. So would I disregard him? Like, oh, no, no, you're not in the classroom anymore. Like your, your opinions don't matter. Absolutely not. And I think we have to value anybody in the space and stop attacking people because they're not in the classroom anymore. That's just completely unfair. And um, I think it's just a way to point the finger at other people instead of taking accountability for the reasons why maybe things aren't going well in our careers that we should take action on ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, I want to add on to that too. And you know, Alexis, I'm so glad you brought this up. So one thing that, you know, I know we all serve teachers in our own spaces, all three of us do it a little bit differently, but all of us, I think it's safe to say that we all believe in empowering teachers to take their next best step and what is true for them and their season of life and in their season of teaching and to help them to feel confident enough to do what they know is best for them and to help them to be reflective about what they're doing and not, you know, make knee jerk decisions, like just quit the classroom and leave, you know, if that's not really what they want to do, but they feel like right now that may be the only option. So I know that we help teachers to build on their strengths and think about their goals and their core values. And if what they're doing right now matches up to that and all of that good stuff. And it's just, it's so disappointing to me when I see on any form of social media, one teacher just take that power away from another fellow teacher, whether they are in the classroom or leaving the classroom or um, retiring or switching roles, you know, to, to shame them, to feel that well, if you're leaving the classroom, then you're leaving us behind and you're quitting on us. And I feel like that's just such unnecessary pressure to put on a teacher who was already very possibly, like you said, Alexis, really struggling with their identity and what it is that, that, you know, how they're going to be perceived. And I know, and you know, you, you shouldn't really care what other people say whenever you think, whenever you're doing what you feel is best for you. And as long as it's not hurting anybody, but you know, the fact that, like you've said too, and like we've, we've talked about this turning in on inward on one another and just adding to that shame and guilt that is already there is just, it's, it's so upsetting to watch happen. Um, so I, I'm really, really glad that you brought that up. Um, so we each brought to the table today, three things that we do to protect our own mental health and, help us to make the next best choice for us when it comes to who we follow, what we say, if we say anything, and how to move forward when we see this negativity happening, whether it's on Teachergram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is. Um, so if you two are okay with it, we can just move into that so that we can you know, leave people with some, some strategies and some reflective practices to help them as they move forward as well. Yeah, sure. I can share. Do you want us to do all three at once? Let's do one each. How's that sound? And we'll just keep going in three rounds. Okay, cool. Okay. One of them you kind of alluded to Amber and it's, um, you said you can't always just block people or unfollow them. Maybe it's somebody that you're teaching with in your building and you're like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Um, but you can hide accounts that trigger you. And that's something I often do. If I find myself having an reaction to their stories or something they're posting, I do think about why it's causing that reaction because Mm -hmm. I know it's something happening inside of me. It's not just them. Uh, but that's one thing I do is I hide it until I can deal with it. And then maybe I forget about it and I don't have to worry about it at that point anymore. 
That's a good one. If I can go right after this, because what you said actually is one of my steps. And that is before you get upset and like, you know, oh, my pearls, how dare you? You know, before we go there, I really believe that we really have to stop and think because I think, and this is why I don't always unfollow people that make me go, wait, what? Like, did they really just say that? And here's why is because I believe that it's very healthy for us to be faced with things that challenge our ways of thinking or our beliefs, because I, I very strongly believe that beliefs are choices and choices can be changed. And I want that kind of metacognition in my life. I want to think about my own thinking because I think without that, we can fall into some pretty deep holes of, um, I, I, for lack of a better term of our beliefs and that we are saying, nope, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And really I could just be thinking about, well, do they have a point here? You know, is this, can this help me to grow? Because I believe if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. So my first thing is to think, is this challenging my beliefs or is this truly a negative post, negative comment, whatever, just to be negative or just to be right. So really to think, is this challenging my thinking? Is that why it's making me kind of be aghast for a second? Or is it, is it truly negative? And then deciding whether we should unfollow, hide, say nothing, say something, what our next best move is. Um, and of course, because we all three, I mean, this is why we're in community with each other because we think so similarly. Similarly, So my first thing um, is really just about um, identifying and knowing your values. And that goes right back to what you're saying, Amber, about beliefs and thinking about sort of your why, like, why is it that I'm following this person? Why is it that I've connected with this person? Um, you know, sometimes I know, especially like early on in my Instagram career, I would just kind of follow people based on recommendations without even thinking about who is this recommend, recommendation coming from? Why am I following this person? And so I think that if you're very clear on why you're, you know, for us, we have to be very clear on like why we're on Instagram. What is it with that we're there to do? And so I think with the people that we're connected with, we also have, um, you know, you can clearly see that relationship. If anything, this conversation, I think, is a good example of that. I know what I believe. I know why I have this presence on social media and it drives the connections that I and so my first step really is just knowing and identifying what your beliefs are, especially in relationship to the people that you're choosing to follow or the people who are in your timeline. Mm. Yep. And you took one of mine and we told, we, we didn't share these with each other before we did that on purpose. <laughs> so we said, if we have the same ones, great. If not bonus, we have nine steps that you can, or nine things you can take away. So yeah, that's definitely one. And that's huge for me is thinking about your core values because you always need to be coming back to that, um, with, with anything in life. And especially when you feel like boundaries are being crossed or you're being taken advantage of, or you're, you know, coming across a lot of toxicity and negativity of like, why is this? Let me come back to my core values. Okay. This is why, because they are clearly kind of crossing that boundary. Um, and, uh, and, and really causing me to be, de feel demoralized, you know, um, in that sense. So yeah. Great one. Okay, so my next one is to ask, if you see a negative comment, say it's on your own page or somebody else's and you feel so inclined to say something back, mm -hmm. ask a question that prompts a positive response. So an example that I think of right away is on one of your reels, Amber, mm -hmm. somebody had said something 
and you were like, what do I say back? And, and you decided to say back, well, what grade do you teach? Mm -hmm. And regardless of the answer you back, you've spun some positive, positive vibes into what they said, instead of letting it just hang out in the air and stay negative. And oftentimes they won't respond back because they'll be like, oh, she's actually really nice. I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) I know exactly which one you're talking about. And they did not comment back and that's okay. You know, it's not, it's not within my control to change them. And to add on to that too, Uh, I think this, I'm going to kind of change a little bit of the wording is that I believe that it's not my job to change other people's minds and I'm not going to wear that burden or spend my time and energy in a comment fight about my beliefs. There's nothing that I am going to do or say that is going to force somebody to change their beliefs, especially in that moment. Changing beliefs takes a lot of effort and work typically, um, So there's, there's nothing, I have to decide what, what is worth my energy and my time. Um, And I know one of our conversations that we had the other day is um, one of us suggested, you know, you got to go check out these comments. They're just horrible. And I'm like, you know, I don't think I want to, I, I just not in disrespect to, to either one of you, but I, I know what I'm going to see. And I, I don't choose to spend my time and energy on that. And that argument that's happening in these comments is not going to change me. It's going to drag me down and nothing that I can say is going to change the trajectory of this, this conversation that's happening. And I choose not to be a part of it. And, um, so that would be, you know, piggybacking off of what you just said, choosing whether or not I'm even going to comment back at all. Um, because it's, it's just not my place. It's, that's not what I'm into. And of course, y'all, this is just flowing in a way that I just could not have even (laughs) planned out. Um, so my next tip is asking yourself the question, what's in it for me? So one of the things that I like to think about when I, uh, you know, am engaging in comments, especially if it's something where it could potentially be a battle is, okay, what is it that I'm looking to get out of this? Or what is it that I'm thinking I'm going to get out of this? And really evaluating if that's possible. One of the things that I have found and that I used to talk very openly with about my students when I was teaching was that it is not your job, like you said, Amber, to change somebody's mind. And in reality, that's actually what's not what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you're going to leave the conversation feeling a certain way. Um, oftentimes, you're going to leave that conversation feeling like more way down and more negative than the person whose mind you tried to change because that person is solid in what they believe. They are you know, not willing to budge. And meanwhile, you're the one that's frustrated because you have expended the energy to try and change them. So I always just like to ask, like, is there an advantage for me in trying to shift what this person believes? And I think all of us in the way that we try to serve teachers in our different platforms, Um, you know, have thought about this in terms of, you know, what we say and how we interact with people and how we choose to engage with people. So, um, you know, I think you just really have to evaluate if what you are truly wanting out of the situation is really feasible. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one. So I've shared my three and is there anything else that you'd like to, to add? Is there any, any that we've, that we've gone over or that we haven't gone over? Um, I have one more and it's just focusing on your own message. So 
creating content that aligns with the teachers you want to serve, kind of like Alexis was just saying, and just keep your, your head down and do you for a while. Like if it's really getting to you, then find your way to serve people the best and just do that. And don't worry about other people in that moment. And if you're getting negative comments, like Amber said, just choose to ignore them. If they're really bothering you, just ignore them. You can even delete them if that's what does, does it for you. If you need to do it, do it. If I can add on to this, this goes back to the conversation that we were having in Marco Polo that caused us to really think like we really need to talk about this outside of the space. Is I I said to you guys um, during one of the conversations, I said, right now, the best that I can do with all of this chaos and craziness that's happening in my own personal teaching life is to worry about me. And I remember when I said that, I said, and that's not like I'm doing me and screw the rest of you. Like, that's not what I meant, but I am doing the best I can with COVID, with expectations, with the amount of students that I have, with what I'm doing with Burn and Teacher. Like, I'm doing the best I can to live in harmony with all of these things and support you too and several other teachers that I've never had the pleasure of meeting in real life, but who are my very good friends and my teachers and that I work with in real life and my family, I'm trying to remain a very steadfast and, and positive, real person in, in my space, in my life and do the best I can by them and for them and with them. And it's, I cannot, and I choose not to bear the burden of this. And I've, I've said this in some of my posts, this madness you know, like there's so much anger and this kind of circles back around to the beginning of our conversation. There's so much anger. There's so much resentment. There is so much frustration and overwhelm. And we're all, I believe, trying to do the best that we possibly can within our own capacities. But there, there's a breaking point if, if you're, if you're not clear on your core values and why you are where you are and why you're doing what you're doing and what your goals are and what your teacher brand is, if you're not settled in these things, there, there are some, there are some repercussions that, that will come from the way that you show up in social media and in your personal teaching life. And I choose I choose not to bear all of that. And, and that might repulse some people when you say, this is not where I choose to spend my energy. I am not going to create systemic change with, you know, with one post. I'm, I'm not going to create systemic change by commenting negatively. Um, I'm going to create the systemic change that I, I can within my own systems in my classroom right now. That is the best that I can offer. Um, so I don't know if either of you have kind of felt the same way or have, you know, what you're doing to, you know, protect yourself from, from feeling all of the heaviness and all of the weight that is out there. Um, Amber, I think, first of all, so much of what you said, I, I hope I can remember the, the comments that came up in my head, but one of the things that I noticed and that I have even felt before is that there's so many problems within the profession that have been there for a long, long time. Okay. Um, that understand where the anger and where the frustration comes from. And you want this like huge monumental change and you want it now because you've waited for so long. So here's the thing. And here's where some intersectionality comes into play as a black woman, right? Like I know how that feels doubly because of a community 
or that's like the entire piece of our story and our existence in this country. Um, you know, you want change and you want big change and you want it now, like you want it immediately. You want the policies, you want the funding, like you want the, you know, the privilege, all of that. And it just doesn't happen. And it's like, okay, so you want me to be happy with these like incremental baby steps. And then you want me to be happy with these baby steps when it seems like we take a little bitty step forward and then a giant step back. Like, how am I supposed to be okay with that? I see a lot of parallels with this profession. And I think people really undercut, because I have done this myself, the power of your individual changes and how individual changes contribute to a collective cause and that collective shift. I told Amber and Molly the story and my Marco Polo, but you know, my um, my grandparents who um you know, came of age and were raising a family during the height of the civil rights era, they were not marchers, they were not protesters, they were not sort of your open, loud spoken activists. Um, but I have always maintained and believed that my grandparents were activists in their very local sphere. My mom is a first generation college graduate. Um, in fact, at this point has multiple degrees. And for my grandparents, that was a huge goal for them was to say, you know what, the way that we feel like we can sort of contribute to this cause is by making sure that by any means necessary, our, um, you know, our child is able to do something that we never did. They believed in the value of education and they believed in the power that that could give to her and to their family and to all of the, all of the people that my mom would impact. So it's like this ripple effect. And I think if we looked at ourselves individually that way, that it's really empowering. Like the one little thing that I can do, the few little people that are in my sphere, those people actually go out and impact other people. And that's really where that kind of change happens. And in a system like our K-12 education, which, you know, I've said before, isn't really truly a system at all. When you think about the framework and the history and the context of where public schools came from in the U.S., that big monumental, like, top-down shift that we want, it isn't going to happen that way. And I know that's a really hard pill to swallow, but it's just not. And I think that, you know, one of the things that gives me so much joy to be able to help teachers do when I can do it is to empower them to believe that their individual capacity and their individual power really does care and really can make an impact. And so anyway, all of that to say, I think that's a huge part of um, sort of being able to understand what your values are and to know how much weight some of that carries. So that's my commentary on that. Um, and I did have just like a quick third um, tip and it was just um, about proximity and thinking about, you know, before you engage with someone um, or before you even really stop to read that post, thinking about like, is this someone that's in my circle? This Is this someone that I'm close to, right? Or is this someone who's really more of like a fringe friend? You know, this is someone that I know through someone else or that I follow through someone else. You know, I'm going to think about engaging and responding to a post or even giving a post weight very differently if it's Amber or Molly versus if it's someone that I'm just following because someone else recommended that I follow them and I really don't know them very well. So I think when you're thinking about 
giving something emotional energy and investment, and you're thinking about what's in it for you, which are kind of my first two tips tied together. Also thinking about like, is this a relationship where it would be worth me having this conversation in a way that's going to positively impact that relationship? Mm. So good. I have, I have nothing. I have nothing to say. You just said it all. <laughs> that was, that was it. It, it really has. We've let, I think we've done a really good job of letting people like give them a window into our conversation on Marco Polo. Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful that both of you were willing to share these perspectives, you know, out here in the open, in the wild open space of Facebook and, um, and beyond. Um, Cynthia said, thank you for taking away my guilt of not acknowledging certain posts, hiding others, but not unfollowing. I'm glad I am not the only one. So thanks, Cynthia. And hello, Muhammad. Thank you so much for joining us too. Um, is there anything, Molly, that you would like to offer to, uh, to wrap things up as well? Yeah, when Alexis was just talking, I was thinking if it doesn't, if it's not going to matter in five minutes, then just leave it be, you know, Mm -hmm. like just kind of have that thought process. And, and I liked what, I don't remember what her name was, but just commented about guilt. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like don't feel any guilt. Let that, we have so many things to feel guilty about in this world and social media needs to not be on that list. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let it wash off your back. Yeah. And something I tell uh, my burn-in teacher members of the mastermind is, you feeling guilty changes nothing. It doesn't change anything, but your attitude and your lack of enjoying the experience that you're having right now. So if you feel guilty, you you really have to really dive a little deeper into why, why are you feeling guilty and know that that feeling of guilt does not change anything externally. So really that's, that's a way to kind of really think about your thinking as well. You know, we have mom guilt, teacher guilt, you know, because we're taking care of ourselves or we've said no to something that we truly don't want to do that feeling of guilt. We have to let it go because it's not going to help us to move forward. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me here on Facebook live to talk about ways that we can positively move through the negativity on teachergram and in other spaces. I'm so grateful for your friendships. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much, Amber. We're always happy to chat. (laughs) Well, you know, we'll chat after this too. So we'll have more good stuff to talk about. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for joining us as well. Muhammad, Jessica, and anybody else who watches the replay or listens to this on the Burned In Teacher podcast. uh, We're so grateful to have you in our circle and we're here to support you. And until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. Burn on.